How does one go from throwing a neighborhood event where the only budget is a box of shoes and some clothes as a prize to building what is arguably now the largest, most popular, most anticipated event in dance? 23 years and counting in a row. In this episode, we are talking with Chris Crosswine Wright, serial entrepreneur, side hustle extraordinaire, DJ, promoter, and founder of one of the biggest names in hip hop and breaking events, if not the biggest, Freestyle Session, and how he built it. Welcome to the Movement Media Mentor Podcast, the show where we help movement artists, dancers, and creators share their greatest movements through advice and stories on media and video creation. Here we are. Welcome, Cross. Thank you for stopping by in the new space, bro. It has been, thank you. It has been over a year since we last talked on the predecessor of this podcast, which is The Crossroads. So a lot has happened because last year was pretty wild. And I know that the last time we talked, we um, all of us were kind of having to pivot and yeah, events really couldn't happen. <laughs> uh, and because of that, you had to try and... You, you like you said a lot of your side hustles became your main hustles mm-hmm. so i'm not sure how that's updated since last year mm-hmm. but you do have a very big occasion coming up and so uh, how have you been since this last year and how have things changed i've been good man just uh you know navigating the new world i guess you could say i mean things seem to open be opening up a little bit better up down here but then it's weird because you go to like the seattle and it's like so off and then like you know, Florida is a little bit more open. So it's like every place has a different perspective on it all. And even being able to talk to people about it is like totally different That's perspectives, true. you know? So um, it's wild, man. Things are like super separated, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> how, how are things here, or at least in LA, where you're planning on throwing? Oh, it's cool. Well, they, they just uh, made a mandate, I guess, to uh, you have to either be vaxxed or you have to uh, have a, uh, a test of negative 72 hours before. Oh, okay. So. But I also think that they're not really enforcing it until like the end of the month. So, but I think we're gonna probably just go ahead and do it, just to you know, I mean, just a safe thing to do. Yeah, know? that's yeah. good. Yeah, hopefully at this point, most people have their vaccinations. Yeah, the way I look at it, I was just like, man, there's probably out of say a thousand people that are gonna go or fifteen hundred people that are gonna go, half, more than half, like sixty, seventy percent are probably vaxxed already. Yeah, and then the rest, you know, they can go get a test. Or they got COVID already and they survived, I guess. And then, and then the rest, I mean, they can figure it out. Yeah, it's better safe <laughs> than sorry, and it yeah. looks good for you because yeah. I mean, even all the music festivals and stuff are doing yeah. that, like people with high capacity events. Yeah, I mean, even I went to the Charger game yesterday, oh. and that was the same thing. Oh, okay, and that was like, I mean, there was sixty thousand people there. God so damn. yeah, it's, I mean, if they could do it, then you know, people going to a, the biggest event of the year can do it. You know, you <laughs> like, be funny. yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> speaking of the biggest event of the year, so. We've gone over a year without Freestyle Session, which is your yeah, event. Two years. <laughs> two years, that's yeah. true. 2019, we yeah. lost a year, and yeah. now it's been two years since yeah. we have had that. And I know that that is typically kind of one of the uh, pedestals of what people in the breaking scene and open styles dance mm. battle scene are looking forward to, at least for the last 20 years. Mm. Uh, 1997. 24 a, years. Right. 24 years. That yeah. same age as me, um, which is crazy. So... Yeah, man, I, I, I'm really curious to hear how this last year um, mm-hmm. was for you and how it is applying to this year. Since you weren't able to do that last year, what were you up to mm-hmm. and how has it led to, to things now? Yeah, what- I mean, like we were talking before, um, you know, I had, I've, I've always had a lot of side hustles because the dance 
game, I mean, at least for me, was always a weekend thing. And then also DJ, so that's a nighttime thing. So it left my weekdays and my daytimes pretty much open to do whatever, you know. So I was doing all kinds of stuff. I was doing delivery. I was renting out cars, you know. So, um, you know, I was also messing with crypto. I was messing mm-hmm. with, you know, stocks. So I still do all that stuff. Okay. And then now, like I said, it kind of flip-flopped from, like, the dance world being the main to all this stuff being more main than anything. But now it's kind of, like, getting to a point where everything's, like, balancing out. And I'm just kind of juggling it all, you know? Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what What are some of, like, the biggest lessons in terms of doing those side hustles that you probably learn business or, like, finance I mean, finance-wise? I mean even, even for throwing events and life in general is, is, like, if you can manage your time properly, you can get through anything, man. Like, you know, like, even being able to go to practice, like, you have to have set times where you could take away from regular life and be able to go practice, right? So... You know, if you could do that with everything else, then you're perfectly fine. You know? That's true. Yeah, so I, I've been kind of, the way I manage my life is a little bit more insane than everybody else because <laughs> I'm like kind of on call for everything. So, uh, you know, like, like I said, I'm doing the, um, you know, car car rentals right. and like, you know, I don't know when somebody, like somebody could rent a car right now and I'd have to get it ready in three hours. You three know? hours so, yeah, notice? So, yeah. Jeez. So if I can't do it, I have to have somebody ready to do it. So mm. it's kind of like me and like two or three other people that I have okay. kind of kind of helping me. So, you know, and they have their own lives too. So, you know, it's kind of like goes down the list. But usually like if I can't do it, you know, then somebody else can do it. And it never gets past the second. Mm. Okay. <laughs> but very cool. rarely you get to the third. And then <laughs> if it's the fourth, it'd probably be like a dire emergency. You know? Oh, my God. But, but I, I have plenty of people where I kind of schooled on it. So they can okay. all help me. So, yeah. Okay. I got you. So are you partnering with these people or are they more like you're just hiring? No, no. I just kind of hire them. Just oh, okay. Them. Yeah. That's pretty smart. I, I, I try to, I try to like get them to do the same thing I'm doing so that I could help them in return. But there's only like uh, one other, like my trainer, I got him involved with a, uh, What's called Toro, so it's like right. um, you know renting out cars. But he just went balls to the wall, and he had like two extra cars. He put two extra cars. Mm. He bought two more cars. Now he has four cars. Damn. So he's he's like up there, and That's then uh, you know he's always down to help too. So yeah, yeah. I've heard you talk about that like yeah. a lot over the last year and a half yeah. because it seems like it's been doing pretty damn well for you. No, like it does you. Great. Yeah. So that's great. I, and I want to push a little bit more, not on specifically Toro, but just yeah. on the whole topic of doing these side hustles yeah. or different ventures because I think it's a big topic for dancers or artists, right? Because well, well I think, I think for creatives, man, like it's very hard to have a full-time creative business. You it know, can be difficult. Very it's difficult. very difficult. Yeah. Like I always say probably, you know, they say like 1%, but like I always say, you know, you gotta be upper 5%, maybe 10 to be able to, to really do it for a living. And even then, like, you know, I, I, t- I always tell people like, you know, especially in the B-Boy community, like if you're, if you can't pay your future self as far as retirement, have a little bit of money to, you know, invest. If you don't have, you know, rent paid for, you know, health insurance, um, you know, and just be living comfortable, you're just doing a glorified hobby. Yeah. You know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, but you have to recognize it and then get some other stuff rolling in. Yeah, <laughs> you definitely. know what I mean? So like for me like, you know, I mean it, it took me like I want to say like it took me into my 40s, you know, and finally I was like, okay, I have a little extra time, you know what I mean? But even before then like my DJing was my side hustle. So mm-hmm. I I still DJ too and it's still one of my side hustles like, you know. 
and that even became my main at one point. Like I, I became a tour DJ for, you know, you know, and, and yeah, dude, like, I mean, yeah, you have to get to a point where you're like, okay, this dance stuff is not the only thing that I can do. Like, plus you, you know, like I said, it was a weekend warrior type thing where I'm going to another country and then I come home and I'm just a normal first person again, you know, and you know, for, for active dancers, you know, they could teach classes and you could do mm -hmm. that regular stuff. But, um, you know, for me personally, I wasn't teaching classes. So I left my nights open. Like, so then I started taking up DJing and stuff and yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think that that makes a lot of sense because mm -hmm. in terms of our art specifically, like for dance, mm -hmm. there are different possibilities. You can make an income yeah. if you get creative with it besides the class and, yeah. and the roots that are already and winning jams, I guess. If uh, you're, if you're in that yeah, top you're, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like good luck. But, you but, know? but even there, you know, like, I mean, you, the best people, like, I mean, it's, add up all their meetings for a year and it's like a normal job. Yeah. It's yeah <laughs> like, so you know? even if you're in a top, like decimal of a percentage and yeah. you are winning these jams and you end up still making about like a, hopefully a middle class income at the end of the day. But I think that's why it's important um, that you have all this other experience because for the 99.99% of us, that's kind of the reality of things. Mm. That isn't, that's not to be seen as a bad thing, really, because yeah. by doing all these different things, I, by dude, being able to... Look, yeah. when, when I started throwing events, like the events were for like a couple hundred bucks. And that's not because a couple hundred bucks back then was, a, was worth a lot now. It's because it was just a couple hundred bucks. We're talking about and like maybe prize some money t-shirts. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Like prize money. Like, you know, um, the first freestyle session was for a box of clothes. You know what mm. I mean? Like, so, you know... And then when we started selling videos and, and DVDs, like we upped the prize because me being an ex-dancer, you know, like I wanted to give the the people that are battling what they deserve. You know what I mean? So, I mean, and we're still trying to knock those walls down because we're trying to get more sponsors to be able to, you know, get more fruitful prize money, you yeah, know what man. I mean? Which we were doing, able to do for a little bit with um, when, uh, you know, Silverback was more you know, really in the scene and, yeah. you know, he was just kicking down. I mean, his jam was worth $150,000 at one point. Crazy. So, so we're back I open. mean, shoot. <laughs> yeah. That, the yeah. fact that that's possible though, you know, like it's definitely it, it possible, sucks that yeah. it, it's gone ish, but the fact that it happened, it's just opening. More yeah. No, I mean, you know, like so. what's crazy is like, I freestyle session was like the first to like 10,000, first to 20,000, first to 30,000, you know? So like we knocked those walls down, you know yeah, what I mean? And yeah. then and then, you know, there was actually a hundred thousand dollar jam in the two thousands, but only happened one time. What was it? Uh it was just it was this world championship in uh, the UK. Oh, okay. Like they had LL Cool J host it. Like it was it was huge, you know. Yeah. And then um yeah, and then we hadn't seen nothing like that for a while and then and then, you know, like I said, Silverback and then you know, we could get. It's not like we say we can't get there. We just have. We need sponsors. You know, we, definitely. Like, we're not selling videos anymore. We're not. Mm. You know, like there's not much income coming in yeah. other than the door and sponsorship. So yeah, I have a question for you actually mm. because that uh, I, that's an interesting topic. I know we mm. talked about that last time, the yeah. whole like VHS era and yeah. the DVD era, and then how that kind of transformed and like threw everything into like a whole new mix. But yeah. also on the topic of basically, I think there's a very what's the word stereotypical impression or assumption mm -hmm. that a lot of dancers or non-dancers have around breaking where you kind of have to live this broke life, broke b-boy life. And I think that's, uh, that's been proven wrong multiple times, right? Mm -hmm. Because we've seen breaking be able to get sponsorships. We've seen 
Silverback Open. We've seen mm. you push through the barrier multiple mm. times and trailblaze to show that you can have big prize money pools and create big production events, and mm. that allows people to get paid better. Mm. Um, and then there's also so so. What is your thought on that? Because I know people are scared that commercialism will ruin breaking and taint it. And I'm sure to an extent that's true if you mm. go too much in the wrong direction. But from what you've seen and what you've done for the community, what's your thoughts on that? What's your thoughts on the oh, we have to keep this pure, you like know, the broke mentality? Essentially. <laughs> well, yeah. being, I mean, the broke mentality is just, that's just this mentality. That's just a, that's kind of just something blocking you from attaining, you know. It, broke isn't even just a statement of just uh, money. Like, you, you know, like being broke means you, you, don't, you don't have no time either, though, you know. like mm -hmm. That's true. But unless you're completely broke, then you don't really care about shit, right? You're just on the street, just chilling. Yeah. <laughs> you're homeless. But, you know, like, yes. and it's, you know, as far as, like, commercialism, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I, I'm... You've done like, I'm not trying, job. I'm not trying to like sell out. Like I've never been one to like, be like, Oh, we're selling out. Like, oh, you, oh, we're going to yeah. do this. We're going to do it. Like when we're in our backdoor meetings, like we're like, this is how it's going to be done. Like, you know? And I mean, I think the worst that we've ever done, like as far as commercialized, I guess is probably like, you know, cause we had a, a decent deal like for, for, for monster. When we when we did the tour and like they wanted their logo everywhere. Oh yeah, I remember like, that. I hate I hate having logos everywhere. Yeah. You know that like, wasn't even that bad. The logo and, wasn't that big. Yeah, and, but you know like I think we kind of scale back now. Like Red Bull doesn't really even care that they have their logos on anything. Like they're just more about like putting out content where it lives. It's on the Red Bull platform. So like you know like you just put two and two together. You know where it's coming from. You know and um, you know all of our other sponsors they're not really tripping. So you know. Like I, I, and then for pro breaking tour and UDEF, like we kind of like scale down a little bit, just you know, because like the last two years has been kind of like not too much going on. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't, I don't like being like all in your face with everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, because you know, like for me, like I guess you know, with freestyle session, like you know, most of the audience kind of knows the brand. You know, like, yeah, they do. As far as our core audience, I guess. Mm -hmm, core audience. I guess in to move forward, I gotta put the logo out more. So you know, it's it's kind of a balancing act because you, you know, like look at look at like McDonald's, they still do commercials. You know, yeah. Like, so, but everybody knows McDonald's. You know, so yeah, it's true. Um, we have had talks about doing yeah. more of those videos. I think we should, yeah. and um, <laughs> also at the same time, I would say and agree that you guys freestyle session specifically of all the world final mm -hmm. events mm -hmm. that we are talking about, like Red Bull. Mm. or silver what used to be silverback and um there's not many but mm. of all of them uh you guys i feel like have the most authentic not authentic i want to say that but you have the most community driven brand personality because mm. i mean from the text of the logo to what the event means to everyone mm. people don't see it as a commercial event and so i don't think uh, if anybody's accusing you of that it's like look around you like make <laughs> comparison and also on top of that freestyle session means something more than the prize money it's dope and people will be incentivized to come well, out but that's like secondary to what it's offering to every uh, single person i mean i i, I just tell people like if, if you don't know that freestyle sessions for the community by now like if you've been around for 24 years then you just fucking completely clueless dude like yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like we've been doing for the community you know by the community because we are part of the community like for 24 years so you know, like I said, if you if you're you're against whatever we're we're thinking, then I mean, 
whatever. Yeah, right. Like, I've gotten to the point where I just don't really give a shit. Yeah, you shouldn't. Whatever, <laughs> what a hater says, you know? You really shouldn't. No, it's not worth <laughs> it at that point because you're doing. And so yeah. at this point, it's like yeah. you said, if they don't know. So what, what were some of those? Because now I'm curious because you kept it community driven, but mm. you're still able to scale it. Mm. And so I think that's really uh, impressive and not easy to do balance because typically people who try to scale too much, they might commercialize. Yeah. And people try to keep it too community driven, doesn't st- they don't scale. So I'm curious what some of those growing I'm, pains were like for you. I mean, we've scaled, but it's it's like we're just doing more smaller events in more places. Mm. You know, it's not like we're trying to go over the top and go into an arena or, you know, we're still keeping it at certain types of venues and certain types of numbers, you know, like... Cause I think what we do is works, you know, like, yeah, we could, you know, like if, if I wanted to fill like an arena with like five to 10,000 people, I think we could do it, but the ticket prices, you know, I don't know if, I don't even know if the ticket price would go up, but it, it, it would require more like marketing budget. And then that's like a hit or a miss. Right. And then you have all these people that do you really want to be around a lot of them like kind of right now i don't know i don't know man like well not right now you know but like i mean i just i'd rather just keep it like community based more like you know a lot of the crowd's going to be dancers or you know dancers friends or the people that are in the know i'm good with that you know anything more than that i mean if they come they come like they can still come i mean we still have plenty of room at the, some of the venues that we have so interesting <laughs> it can get to that you know i guess but um yeah, we just like I said, we just keep it to where it works, you know. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually never really saw it that way because it. I guess because when I started breaking, it wasn't like at the magnitude it was happening. Mm. Maybe when it was at its peak, right? Like when literally everyone is breaking. You mentioned in the eighties, right? And so nineties, nineties, eighties, yeah, yeah, in in that era when like mm. a lot of people. And then I've seen oh, oh, in the eighties when it when the, when when it when it was super big. I'm not sure. It, it was it, like a fad in the eighties, right? Like, there was a fad yeah. in the eighties, but yeah. then there was also footage from jams from like the 90s and stuff where these rooms are super goddamn full like i i i'm yeah. not familiar with jams being that well, big. well we we didn't have to do as much to get you like you gotta think nowadays like we're not just competing with like hip-hop jams or or hip-hop events we're competing with like everybody's time yes like everything's been commoditized day day parties you know <laughs> daytime sport activities you know just going to the beach especially on the west coast going to the beach like outdoor activities like the computer online media like we're, we're competing with all these different factors to get somebody to get out of their house mm-hmm. and come to a b-boy jam or to a hip-hop jam like we're competing with your time you know so um the stakes are a little bit more than they were before because back in the day it was like i mean you had your tv and maybe the movies <laughs> other than that man like it wasn't really too much like too i mean there's all these like you know stuff to do like recreationally but it wasn't like the man- magnitude like now you know everything's didn't turn into like an event you know mm-hmm. what I mean? like i mean dude like in southern california they have taco freaking conventions and shit you know <laughs> like taco parties and <laughs> like everything's Everything. uh, everything's a, a ticketed event <laughs> like now you know so to your um, point. Yeah, that, that's what I look at when we're we're competing for people's time. You know, that's true. So. Yeah. Well, when it comes to people, like in terms of and by people, I'm assuming like aside from your core audience, like b boys mm-hmm. and b girls and dancers, you're talking about spectators, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, how has your experience with attracting more of a like non breaker competitor eye mm-hmm. been for you? Because I know um, you have done that in the past, and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have you continued to do and what are you planning on doing in the future to make breaking 
more friendly for like your average viewer, I suppose. Um, well, you know, we do kind of encourage more creative minds. So, you know, I'm doing like, I've always done like popular DJs, like you've known, like Qbert's been there and, you know, Scratch Pickles mm. and Beat Junkies and, you know, that crowd familiarize with, with those big names and they'll come out or, you know, Immortal Technique. We've done, you know, Big Daddy Kane. We've done, you know, Black Eyed Peas. Like, you know, we're getting people outside of the spectrum of, of dance and we're going into other hip hop elements to attract crowds, you know? So, um, you know, I've, I've been more on a wavelength of hip hop, but you know, like we're in different times now where hip hop isn't really like it was back in the day. So, you know, I mean, hip hop is pretty much pop now. So, you know, as far as the culture of hip hop, it's kind of like scattered and every, every element has their own. Yeah. They had their own like I said, everything's been commoditized. So like, DJs got their parties. They got all these things to do, you know, the gra the graffiti element, you know, the street art community, the artwork community, like photography. That's a whole. They all have their own. They have now, stuff huh? to go to. Mm. You know what I mean? Rappers, they got their own stuff to go to. So, um, trying to get everybody in one building is a little harder than it used to be. But mm. you know, I'm a I'm an old school head, so like that's kind of what I try to put together. You know, kind of like show people like, hey, this is. That's what I grew up on. So, like, I want people to experience what I experienced right. growing up. So, you know, when you go to freestyle session, you do get hit over the head with the, with the hip hop boom bap thing. You know, so yeah. it's like, okay, this is what this was up. You yeah. know, and I guess now it's the freestyle session experience instead of like the quote unquote hip hop experience. You yeah, know what it's, I mean? so, <laughs> it's something that you've kind of curated for yeah, the time. Yeah. So that's really interesting because I never experienced that time myself. Mm. And so, um, what you're doing essentially is. But, but once a year you go to freestyle session, you experience it, right? Yeah. 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 So, so like, that's the freestyle session experience. Like, at least mm -hmm. that's what I want, it, I want it to be. Like, you go to freestyle session, you know that that's what you're going to get is like right. the hip hop experience, yeah. you know? So. And by doing that, you're basically, because now when you say that, I realize how much of a bubble we kind of are in nowadays mm -hmm. since everything's been segmented yeah. and separated um, and commoditized, like you said. So, uh, the way you break that or pop that bubble and mm -hmm. try to, when the scene I do just one back. weekend can we just come together yeah. again like, let's go yeah. like you know <laughs> yeah, you're, hitting people, you're hitting up people from outside of the bubble and you're bringing them in yeah, right exactly yeah. that's okay that's actually a really good point so then or a really important uh, lesson at least because I know for me personally when I'm creating my own stuff mm -hmm. I often have trouble um, like hitting people up and, and asking them to come through or, or hiring people right. you know and, and I, I know that in order to create something of this magnitude you require it requires you to put your trust in people and mm. to hire people, whether it's friends or people. So do you have any, do you remember what it was like your first freestyle session compared to maybe the next freestyle session where you began to really like put together a bigger team? Um, mm. what, what were some of the growing pains for you when like coming to, to expand beyond yourself? Well, I, I lucked out and met my partner that I throw freestyle session with uh, Polo uh, Molino, who's okay. um grassroots productions um he's a manager of like black eyed peas mm. he manages like yg he manages a couple latin artists right. a couple djs he's got a big production company you know so um kind of never really had to worry too much about that kind of stuff like as far as the event production in southern california so you know but, but i do know like the pains that we went to you know like having to uh you know, especially working with people that are outside of the breaking culture mm. to do these events, you know, I have to kind of school them on what's going on. Yeah. 
and over the years they kind of familiarize with with people and in the scene and follow the scene now and they know the names and that's awesome yeah so um, but you had taboo last year or two years ago black eyed peas right was that yeah taboo oh we, yeah, yeah he uh he was down to a judge so we had him judge you know so um but yeah man like you know the the growing pains is just you know when you go bigger you know you have to you have to delegate more, you know, like mm. before I, you know, in our first events, you know, probably between like two people, three people, like we could throw the whole event, you know, we could book the, yeah. book the DJs, book the, the, the sound system, security, the venue and call it a day. That's how it's gotta be, yeah. <laughs> now it's like, you know, you have transportation issues, you have multiple crews. So, um, for me, I just kind of like try to nip it in the bud and like, you know, you know, like say, like I have a crew from Singapore coming down. Like, you know, maybe the Singapore, uh, the the promoter in Singapore. Felix or something. Well, not Felix. Uh, uh, my friend Gus. He does. He Gus, does the one okay. in Singapore. But he'll he'll fly with the crew, and he'll take care of the transportation, and he'll take care of oh, wow. the hotel. Hmm. So like, just kind of divvying it up between multiple people, you know, because you know. It's so just, he's it's just in working. Singapore right now, helping you with transportation for this. Event. No, 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 not for this oh, event. Because oh, this okay. this event, like we we didn't do any oh, qualifiers. Right, right. But in the past, say like I do one in Singapore, I do one in Japan, oh. I'm doing Korea, doing in Europe, you know, and and all those winners are coming here. Right. So we'll we'll book everybody hotel rooms, but mm. well then we got to do transportation, you know, like so you know I try to get get the host country to come along, and then they they take care of a lot of things. So. You know, it's a continuation. It's a big team. So, right. are they mostly yeah. friends, or are they? Are they? Like, well, they become friends, and then they become okay. you know business associates as well. You know, right. so you know, um, and you know, they're part of the team. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, like like we we kind of like license freestyle session out right. to these countries. So it's like I'm not I'm not doing fifteen or ten or fifteen events a year. Like, when, and that hasn't happened the last two years anyway. But say like on a typical year, um, you know, Singapore will you know, pay the license to do freestyle session over there and then they'll fly the, the crew over here and then then we take care of them here. Um, and yeah, so. Wow. Yeah. Okay. How did that start, the uh, the whole licensing thing? Because that's, that's Man, pretty Man, like, it was uh, crazy because uh, in... Hey, guys. So they often say that you are the average of the five people you hang around the most with. So if you're looking for a community of people who will push you, who will help you grow, keep you accountable, and give you advice on career advancement, dance, professionalism, media creation, video production, any of that, I would highly recommend you check out our Movement Media Makers Discord group. The link will be in the show notes of whatever video you're watching, or if you're listening on podcast, it'll be in the show notes description. Take a look, and I hope to see you in there. Now back to the show. Early 2000s, actually a friend of mine in Japan. <laughs> I mean, I just have mad friends all over the place. So yeah, like, you know, that, that kind of helped, you know, my network like helped a lot building freestyle session, you know? So, um, so Japan, we did, I did with a friend that I lived in Japan with and, you know, we were both B-boys. We both wound up being business, you know, being in business. He had a store and then I emulated that with having a store out here. Mm. Um, I did a DVD business, VHS business distribution, and I was signed to him, and he was he was a big part of that, and uh, you know he uh, he ended up doing freestyle session because I kind of like hmm. persuaded him to do it, <laughs> and we we flew like fifty five people to Japan to do, to just kick it off, like mm. yo this is freestyle session in Japan, you know, Whoa. and then um, 
and then yeah then a year two years later like in 2004 um i had a distributor distributing my videos in europe um my friend jesse who's actually polo's uh polo's ex-partners you know polo used to do a a a record like a record pool where they distribute like you know vinyl and music to Mm -hmm. all the djs so his his brother lived in Europe and was doing uh, distribution. So he was distributing my videos to all the hip hop shops. Dope. So then he was like, came with this idea because he seen like Battle of the Year doing the same thing. Like, so where, where they work with promoters and stores and brands in other cities mm. to do massive events. And like, you know, what better to do than to do an event with a name? Yeah. You know, so okay. um, he literally did a whole tour in Europe and we did eight, like eight cities. And then we did the finals in the UK because I, I, I always wanted to work with um, UK championships, which is a hooch. But man, this is just all like connections. These are just all like me networking and me creating friendships and, and, and these solid relationships with people. And, and we made all this happen because everybody, you know, we all got, we want, we entrusted each other, you know, like I'm there to help these people in their business and they're there to help me with my business. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, I helped them with whatever they needed over here. And then, you know, over there, they do a freestyle session. And then all the winners went to the UK. And then at, in the UK, it was hosted actually by like a, um, Urban Games. It's called Urban Games. Oh, so they yeah. just made Urban Games and they said, this is the freestyle session, you know, European finals. And then they picked the winner. And then the winner went to Japan for the world finals. So that was our first year that we did a world finals was in Japan in 2004. So freestyle session eight was the year that we did that. So it was 2004. So we did Freestyle Session 8 in Long Beach, which is our biggest event ever. Mm. And is that, that the one same that you year. kicked out? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it was at the um, Queen Mary Gosh. in Long Beach. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, like we uh, we ended up uh, doing Freestyle Session 8, which was our biggest event ever. Mm-hmm. It was during the summer. And then in the wintertime, we did the World Finals, which we did a freestyle session in Korea, which at that time, John Jay lived in Korea and mm. he did that one. Oh. And then Hooch did the European finals, which along with eight different promoters doing them all over the place in, in Europe, which kicked, kind of kicked off the whole, like, uh, the whole licensing thing, you know? And That's then, so cool. and then, um, the year after that was weird. Cause 2005, uh, I got a phone call from, remember that movie planet B boy? Yes. So they called me and they wanted, oh. they wanted to follow a freestyle session. Oh, right, uh, right, right. But I was like, man, I ain't never doing that again. Because <laughs> after that year, I traveled so much that year that I was like, dude, I got to take a year off, you mm. know. And, and back in those days, like, since I had the distribution business, like, I could take a whole year off of doing the event. Because I would be, you know, I would have a whole year to, like, kind of sell the video and, and get some of the money back that mm-hmm. maybe we lost or trying to build up a little pot for the next freestyle session to have a bigger prize, you know? So quick, quick question yeah. about the distribution thing. So when you, when you distribute like VHSs and DVDs to other countries, mm-hmm. do you actually have to make the physical DVDs and VHSs here and ship them mm-hmm. there? Yeah. Or do they, can they print them there and then ship them there? Well, like, well, we've done different deals. Like we did, we did printing and distribution on ourselves and sent them over there. And then we've also like, there was like one instance where we sold, just we just sold the, like the license to wow. them. And, it's a lot of know. moving product, actually, like physical videos being moved. Yeah. It's so different. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, so no, different. Sure. <laughs> yeah, great. now it's just like press button, upload. <laughs> yeah, guy take in, that for granted. Guy in Egypt is like watching it like as it's freaking loading. <laughs> like, you know? yeah. That's crazy, man. Like yeah. that, the ability to, I learned about this, like just reading through books, but 
um, basically being able to franchise your brand that requires a lot of work and trust. Um, and you were able to achieve that with friendship and like being able to, to trust these people. Yeah. The, you, the groundwork right. in the first couple ones were all with like friends, you know? And then, um, and then, yeah. And then, I mean, you know, even, even now, like kind of try to get a cosign in order, you know, like, all right, who's this guy from, you know, it's hor It's went horrible at times too. Like, yeah. you know, it's not, I can't say it's a hundred percent efficient, but right. like, uh, yeah. has there been, a, there's, there's been times where it's really, really bad, you know, like we did one in like Mexico and the guy literally did no promotion. He thought like we were going to promote it. Like, uh, and I'm like, dude, I don't know too many was in Mexico and you know, yeah. <laughs> what kind of, I mean, besides like actually tarnishing your brand name, like what other risks are you taking like financially or somewhat like in order to, when you, when you franchise your event to somebody like, for example, um, yeah. I mean, the risk is just going out there. I mean, just going out there, dude. Like, you know, there's some countries is just like pretty heck, you know, like, so <laughs> it's a little hectic going out to some places, you know, and you just don't know what you're going to expect. So that's why I say, like, I try to find people that I've had people uh, work with in the past, mm. whether they they okay. were a guest at their event before or mm. somebody's been to their event before. I just want to know, like, a little bit of, of basics, you know. So, I see. Because, um, you know, like, the, the breaking community is real small. So, like, if there's, if there's an ounce of, like, you know, like somebody trying to scheme, like yeah. you, you can fucking sense it, you know, like, mm. you're like, oh, okay, that dude's just a schemer. Like, nah, dude, I'm good. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. but we're trying, we, we, we try to be open, you know, like, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're trying to do these, these events where, you know, at the end of the day, like, I'm not going to get rich, like, you know, freaking licensing freestyle session into however many countries. Like I try to cap it at like eight every year, you know, okay. and then, you know, and now it's getting to the point where I don't even know if I'm even want to go too many to, to, to too many. Like now it's probably going to be me sending somebody else to take my place mm. or, you know, I don't know, man. Like there's so many different questions that I have for myself a lot of times, you know, but um, just trying to navigate, you know, questions like what about this kind of stuff? Do I really need to go? Right. Like, you yeah. know, like I'm, I'm this 46 year old man, dude. Like yeah. I, I know I'm the face of freestyle session and like, but like, wouldn't you rather see like, uh, reveal or wouldn't you rather see this guy or a machine or you know wouldn't you rather see these young guys that could like could still bust and yeah. te and teach you a couple things you know what I mean like but um, I don't know man a, a lot of times promoters and and b boys in general they're just generally fans of you and your movement and and mm -hmm. you know like they just want to like communicate and be like oh man I got to talk to him and I got to build with them and. Mm -hmm. Which I appreciate that. So, like, I try to go to as many as I can, you know. I see. So, but yeah. I'm just saying in, in the future, it's like. Yeah. yeah. In know? the future, I don't think you have to, especially yeah. just because, um, well, you like you mentioned, you can always send somebody else who's still yeah. affiliated with the brand. And yeah. on top of that, yeah. if you put that in the deal, like in the terms, then you'd be like, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it, but still like, <laughs> you can do all this stuff. So, well, you know, there's some places I've been to like 10 times already. So I've already built, I've already told them everything I have, all my knowledge, you know. So, like, yeah, like a lot of those I don't. But maybe like uh, the events that are first time in the country, I'll probably go. Okay, you know, work. Just to lay it down. Yeah. And What's a country that you haven't done it in that you want to? Um, somebody just hit me actually in um, Nigeria. Oh shit. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about it for a couple of years now, but wow, they're finally like, yo, maybe next year we probably might be able to do it. Okay. So I gotta get on a call with them and okay. figure it out, you know. Okay. So let's say maybe I mean whether or not it's Nigeria, like someone from a country you haven't been to hits you up and you don't exactly you haven't done this with them before. What is that? No, but I, I got like? I got hip to them, say like through Battle of the Year, like Thomas who does Battle of the mm -hmm. Year, he's like, Hey, we 
we have a partner in Nigeria mm. and they really want to do freestyle session. Okay. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Let me uh, just hit me up. I see. Let's, let's, let's talk. Got know, you. So. Do you mind if I ask like what the uh, like deal making process is like for that? Like what exactly do, do they pay you a certain percentage like based off of the, uh, no, I don't, thing? I don't really do percentage cause I don't really, I mean, I, I like to like let people make money off the brand. Nice. Like I don't have to be the only person making money off the brand. Right. 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 Like for me, I'd, like what I charge is kind of like just uh, what I would normally get if I just went to go somewhere to judge anyway. Oh, okay. You know? But see. then, but then a, a bulk of the money that they'll actually pay is like the 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 airfare and the hotel for the winning crew to come mm-hmm. to freestyle session. So mm. you know, um, I'm totally fine with that. Like that's that's dope. Like I I want to be able to use the brand to to uh, you know use that use the brand to be able to. Have a promoter be like, man, I wanna, I wanna send one of our crew crews to L.A. to the World Championships or the World Finals, and and show them what's up, mm-hmm. you know. Gotcha. And that's what I want. Gotcha. So, um, and that trumps more than you know whatever I would make. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. Like, so like I have my side hustles for that. Yeah, you know? that's like, true. <laughs> yeah. You're so you're you basically are um you're you're finding your friends or your good friends that you've made over the years mm. and they get these people who want to throw events on your behalf they get the cosigns from those friends so it's kind of like a extended network kind of thing i'm curious uh and i know you you lived abroad for a little bit you know when you're younger um how how what, what, what why did you decide to go to japan what was that well i'm half japanese so right. i always used to go to japan oh like you would but, go uh, family yeah, yeah oh, I have family okay. out there um but um, I actually lived in Japan because I want to get like, so I was going to, when I, when I first, before even freestyle session, so when I was a dancer, I just wanted to get out of the US. Mm. So I was like, I, I literally sold all my belongings, like my car, like anything that I had at the house. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I had a couple thousand dollars. I bought a bunch of shoes. <laughs> I was like, literally. I was literally like was doing the shoe game before the shoe game was even the shoe game. <laughs> so like in the early nineties or like I would say mid nineties, um, I literally sold all my stuff and I knew that there, there was a, there was different prices. Oh. So like, you know, like a hundred pair of Jordans in, in the U S was two to $300 in Japan. Oh, shit. So I was like, yo, okay, I'm going to take $5,000 worth of Jordans and I'm going to go to Japan I'm gonna have fifteen thousand dollars in product, oh, and I'm gonna sell it, and then that's what I'm gonna live off of for oh the next God. couple months. Did it work? Yeah, dude. Oh, like I was, I was uh, buying and selling all all day. So um, you know, because my friend had a store out there, my friend Machan, who does freestyle sets in Japan, he said, you know, he literally told me he was like, "Yo, if you ever want to come to Japan, you can stay at my house for as long as you want." So I put, I took him up on it. And I went out there, lived with him for a couple of months, and then nice. the place that he's working for actually had like a little room like this oh. in in, in uh, Ibaraki in Japan, and uh, half of it was filled with like merch. So there was like a little ass corner where I could sleep. <laughs> so I was like, dude, all right, I'll stay there. It's all oh good. Oh my god! They're just like, yeah, just pay for the water and the electricity. I was like, all right, cool. And then um, yeah, I just wow. kind of learned the game, like as far as like the retail game and the distribution game from them because. Mm that's what they were doing every day, you know? So I was just kind of soaking that up. He had a, he had a class and he was just like, you know what? You can have the class. So I got the class. So I got, you know, a couple, a little bit of money every, every week teaching, you know, Japanese kids how to break. And even a couple of uh, people that live, you know, like there was a student from Canada and a couple other places, but um, yeah, that's how I was making my money. And then 
I don't know, man. I just had too much fun out there. So uh, I had to come back home, dude. I was turning into a drunk. You know, oh, like, shit. Drinking all, all the time and kind of partying Rapungi. And yeah, Rapungi. dude, it was, it was just too much. So I came back and I like I just had this renewed uh, interest in business and, and just more of a business sense and kind of an idea of what I wanted to do, but I still didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm. Um, and then a couple years later, I started Freestyle Session. So, yeah. It's crazy, man. Very important experience, right? Like traveling Japan or like just getting yeah, out of the well, US. well, just living in different environments, man. Like expands your your mind, you know. Like because you know when you grow up in say like San Diego, like you only know San Diego life. Yeah, man. Uh, and even and I was a traveler. Like I traveled. I I went to Japan a bunch of times. I've been to, you know, I've been all over the U.S. So I I know like U.S. living, and I somewhat knew Japan Japan living. So. um just actually, actually going out there and living, it was like a whole different thing, especially the big city life. You know, I was in I was in Tokyo, so like it was a straight big city life. You yeah. know, like so it's totally different than totally different. laid back San Diego. Oh, you yeah. know, so and living there is something else. Like not just yeah. from visiting, like, visiting if you can, but like being able to stay there and like pay rent and just like be in it. You know, I'm sure is a, is a different change. Like for for me, I mean, you were you were there when I was in Shanghai and I was like yeah. studying abroad there. But I was there for yeah, three months. Like, see, like, like yeah. Shanghai. That's that's gonna be like, your your time there is like what my time was for Japan. Mm. Like, it, 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 it expanded opens, your brain, right? Yeah. Like, and it also showed you what you can do when you're put in in, in that kind of environment yeah. where you're by yourself. You don't have your family with you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like you're out there and you're just like trying to figure things out. And yeah, like feel it all out too. You know. So, yeah, it's kind of like when you plant. Like a like a weed. I don't want to use a weed, plant, but plant, like you know, a seed. in like yeah. a smaller, yeah, like in a smaller pot. Like you know, San Diego or your your home city can be your smaller pot. But if you throw yourself into like a whole new environment, who knows what you grow into? Yeah, like like when, you know, when I'm having conversations with people and they haven't actually like lived abroad or anything, like we're almost speaking two different languages sometimes. You know, I'm trying to like tell them how things are and how you can navigate around them, but they're just like, you know. Damn. Yeah. So if you're listening or watching this right now, like, please, you know, like <laughs> it's really worth it. Like just go experience. I, I wouldn't even say like experience other things. I just say, uh, live outside your comfort zone. Mm, okay. You know? So that means you don't, you're saying and it doesn't necessarily need to be, to it doesn't necessarily mean you have to move to Japan or Shanghai. I mean, try, try living in another state, mm. like get different, uh, different experiences and, 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 yeah, just basically different experiences, man. Like it's it just opens up a lot, you know. Yeah, your environment shapes yeah, you for yeah, sure. Yeah. But besides Japan, what would what would you say is probably like one of the most life transforming experiences in your travels? My travels, uh, they all have like little, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> they all have their place, man. It's just like I've been to uh, over almost fifty countries. It's crazy, man. So. Yeah, I can't really pinpoint one. Yeah, okay, you know, okay. I, I know what my favorites are, like, as far as, like, you know, they all have different, too. Like, you have places for food, places for sightseeing. Okay. You know, drop, drop play, some of these places gems. where you know, like, more people, like, you know. Sure, drop some of these gems in. What, where, where is, like, your favorite place uh, for food? For one food? One of your favorite places. Right? I mean, Japan's food is off the chain. And yeah. Then, you know, and then, of course, like, Italy, you know. Dude, oh, my God. Crazy food. So, Shit. Yeah. Okay. What about for like friends and network? Where where do you like love going to go meet to go see friends again? It's crazy because 
Japan too. <laughs> Japan, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Japan's kind of a must for anybody to go to, man. Like, yeah. and I'm half Japanese, but I'm not. I'm not being partial, but oh, if I agree. You've ever been, been to Japan? You know what I'm talking about. I, yeah, I, I've been to Japan yeah. twice. There's and so I many different agree. things to do. Like, you could, yeah. if you like, live, if you stay, if your hotel is like right on like a one train station, like every train station is a different adventure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not just like. You oh you went to Japan like there's That's so true. many different parts yeah. of Japan you go I've to Kyoto probably, you go to you know yeah I've only I've probably only seen like ten no not even like less than ten percent of Tokyo yeah. and I was in Osaka for like two days so there's still like yeah. a whole universe of yeah Osaka of Kyoto yeah. like Kobe like so there's much. so many different yeah. places like and everyone has a different experience and then also like you know as far as like breaking is concerned like every city has their main crews and you're yeah. kind of familiar with all of them too. Like, you know, as far as name wise, that's true. So like, you know, if you go to, if you go to Osaka, if you go to the train station, like you'll, you'll see like a famous B-boy that you would probably know. It's crazy. And that's an adventure in itself right there. Like, Hey, right. she get kicks. Like, it's here, you know, like, you know, like, <laughs> rare Pokemon go, go catch it. Yeah. That's, that's crazy, man. That's okay. Yeah. Japan is definitely a must. Oh, let's actually talk a little bit more before we close mm-hmm. up about freestyle session because that is what's coming up and that's what we want people to know about um so if you're listening to this before november 13th and 14th freestyle session 24 is happening 24 is happening (laughs) this actually it's uh 2021 we don't want to date ourselves okay all right 2020 (laughs) freestyle session 2021 is happening at the Laboom Club, which yeah. has been newly renovated. He just showed me some pictures. It looks yeah. freaking insane. So if you've been to Freestyle Session before, this will be a whole nother experience yeah, like sure. no other. Um, what can people expect this year, Cross, for Freestyle Session 2021? Um, well, we're doing the over 40 battle again. So, mm. you know, like the the early or late 90s and early 2000s B-Boys are now in their 40s. You can see them bus again it's against dope. each other. Um, the crew battle is going to be five on five this year. So a little bit Ooh, better, okay. like a little closer five to five. a full crew. So like, yeah, it's going to be a little bit more exciting. It's a solid number. Um, open styles, solos. We're doing um, popping solos. Popping. We're doing okay. two on two kids battle. So it's oh. under 15. Dude, those kids. I don't kids, know if you've seen videos of kids, man. Kids are like getting amazing. Like It's kind of like if anyone watches Dragon Ball Z, the kids are kind of like a Goku's. They're like unlocking. Sun. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. They, they honestly, they. I mean, you're seeing it nowadays. Like, kids are making it to the regular adults bracket. So, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if we saw yeah, a crew yeah. of kids. Yeah, so. You know? So, it's pretty yeah. insane. It's, it's, it's really great. So, it, even if you just go for, like, if you see any one of these brackets, like, it's already worth the time and effort. <laughs> so, you're going to get all four of them yeah. in two days, right? So, that's yeah. it's crazy. Are so you doing, doing pre- all the prelims on the first day? That's smart. And then, uh, then we'll have a top 16. That's smart. Actually, we were talking earlier about how to make things more spectator friendly mm-hmm. and having a day dedicated to just getting through like prelims takes like what, like 75, 80% of time uh, of a well, total we, bracket. I mean, we've, so, we've, and we've kind of cut it down because we, we figured out how to do like multiple, uh, ciphers. That's true. You guys did so like, we could pretty ciphers. much get through prelims in like two or three hours yeah. at the most. But know? prelims so, is definitely a lot less spectator friendly than like the top 16. Bracket. Yeah. People go to like the first day and they're just like, what's all this madness <laughs> going on? Like, how do we even, how do we know who won? It it's looks like, like a convention, like yeah. exhibit four. There's just <laughs> random like ciphers happening in it. So it, it's, it's a little hard, but it's, it's an experience in itself. So if you want to come day one still, you should check it out. Yeah. If you want to see the experience. Yeah. That's true. Okay. So there's and that. Then, and, okay. and then, yeah, um, you know, I'm still figuring out programming as far as like uh, any special guests, like performers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I may get a DJ to 
didn't do a nice little set for all the dancers and then and then uh maybe a rap group or something or a band you know so oh. we'll, we'll figure it out oh yeah I, i'm trying to like keep it lower because i don't know man i, I half of me thinks that there's gonna be a lot of people because there's been nothing to do for so long and another half is just feels like some people are just gonna stay home because they're just like too used to like watching live streams and stuff now so i don't know yeah we, we, we'll, we'll see how we'll see how pre-sales go and you know it seems like people are starting to buy them now it's like we sold out of our early birds like literally in like two days oh yeah okay so, that's great um you know and then we usually do 100 of those so we we blew through those and then yeah now we're just down to the regular two-day prices and went for one day you know so how much are pricing for tickets this year uh it's 60 dollars for the two days oh, dude, or 35 dollars a day oh, dude that's amazing yeah, pre-sale yeah no that's yeah we, we kept it we kept it like I know inflation's doing its thing, <laughs> and it is doing its thing to us. But um, but uh, we try to keep it down, so you know I could figure it out on the back end with yeah. what we could cut corners on. So yeah. um, at least for this year, you know. Oh, don't worry, dude. Like yeah. kids my age are spending. I mean, I, I'm going to a two hundred dollar music festival. Like so, you know. Dude, like I went to the I went to the Charger game yesterday, and the parking was a hundred dollars. Parking? Yes. Was a hundred dollars? Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> And I want, and I, and I haven't been to a movie in a long time. I, I'm scared to figure out how much that is now. Oh, <laughs> I think movies are still about like fifteen. Well, maybe how much were they when you were my age? Dude, last time I went, it was probably like ten or fifteen bucks. Oh but yeah, yeah. They, they, I could see it being twenty dollars soon. It might you know? be twenty soon, yeah. but dude, hundred dollar parking, Jesus Christ. So yeah. Anyway, freestyle <laughs> session, thirty five dollars tickets for one day, and sixty dollars for two days. That's yep, yep. that's a steal, man. Like if you're if you're looking for, even if you show up for a little bit. Like you're getting your money's worth, but if you're there the whole day and you have nothing else to do, then watch those events, especially day two, and it'll change your life. Whether I mean, if you're a b-boy, you already know. If you're a breaker, you already know. But if you're also just uh, you know a filmmaker, an artist, you're listening to this podcast, then highly, highly recommend it. So um, yeah, man, dude, cross this is oh real quick, just because one of the big reasons why I decided to reach out to you at this mm -hmm. time was well because of freestyle session and also Daniel was the first guest of this podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like you should talk to cross before we stop doing freestyle session when, <laughs> when are you how long how much longer are you planning on doing oh, before this? I stop <laughs> yeah I don't know man we'll see um I definitely want to do I definitely want to get 25 years out okay probably. um if I read I don't know will I retire after 25 yeah. years I don't know I mean, will you would you rather retire or would you want to like like keep it going through somebody. I, I think I think I'll never get it out of my system. Mm -hmm. So um, freestyle session may keep on continuing. Maybe I'll just do it. I'll just be you know, yeah, a consultant or somebody yeah. on the a side, yeah. you know, or you know, tell somebody else to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that's, that's but, how you do it, man. But, uh, <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I, I I have the ten year anniversary was supposed to be the last one, so that tells you where my mind be at all the time, you know. So, uh, and I didn't have no kind of game plan at ten years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at the end of the ten years, I was like, all right, what am I gonna do? And then I just was like, all right, you know what? No, I'm not gonna stop. But now I'm just gonna put the gas on it, and that's why we did ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, all the way up to like twenty. What was it? Twenty two, two years ago? Yeah, it was twenty two. Oh, okay. So. We hadn't got a. We never took a break from the the ten year all the way to the twenty two year. So that was twelve years straight that we did it. Um, and then last year we had a break, and then this year we're doing it. And then I definitely want to do next year. Next year I'm going to do a full crew battle. Mm -hmm. So you know that one's going to be crazy. And then uh, we'll see where it goes, man. Like yeah. you know, it's it's the anchor to the UDEF and pro breaking tours. Oh, so. Yeah. Like you know, I can't, I can't just stop it. You know, it's, it's like, I'm at the point where I, yeah, I just can't, I can't stop. You know, like, <laughs> but, you know. Do you want to stop? Oh, man. 
I don't I, I don't want to mm-hmm. stop doing what I do, mm-hmm. but um, you know. That's how you know you. That's how, I mean, that's <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I said, it's like my mind works in different ways, dude. Yeah. Like I'm just like, okay, you know, my side hustles are doing good, and I and I have a roadmap to to what I want to get to, and then you know, I think I could juggle it all. Um, I don't I don't see it stopping in a foreseeable future, but you know, like I said, 25 for sure. For sure. Yeah. And then uh, we'll I see mean, from there. I mean, dude, 25 years, dude. That's like. Most people retire after 25 years of any kind of civil service, you know what I mean? Like yeah, <laughs> any kind of work, you know? I'm sure it's, it's, so. been, it's been rough, but I, I'm, it has been more than worth it, I can say. And I think a lot of people in this community can say, you've done a amazing job of not just building this like pinnacle for the mm-hmm. culture that people look forward to every year. And you've continued to keep strong and like have, I don't know, like if anyone has anything bad to say about Freestyle Session, then like. That's a personal problem at this point. <laughs> yeah, right. an, overall, an overall perspective uh, for, you know, like we always say in the core audience for the breakers, no, no one's really going to deny that this is the event. So hopefully, you know, you'll find a way to keep the fire going. And then on top of it, um, you've been doing it already. It's not like you have to carry all the, the logs yourself. You've been trusting people. You've been trusting us and stands right. to be able to at least fulfill that portion of things for you. And then figuring out how to delegate, like you're mentioning. Yeah. So hopefully you can continue to, 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 to get rid of the things you don't want to do and just like exactly. delegate so, and then be yeah. the owner. For yeah. The, yeah. And so I think you can keep it going in that way because, I mean, why are we doing this, right? Like, why are we working so hard to do something that we love? We don't I mean, I mean, I mean, my position is like, from my position doing freestyle session, it's always been like, okay, if I stop doing freestyle session now, everything might fall apart in the U.S. And then it may have a domino effect around the whole world. Mm. But it's now I feel like with the with the Olympics coming up mm-hmm. in 2024 and, you know, with UDEF and Pro Breaking Tour mm-hmm. and even with like Moy and Break Free and, right. and all these other sponsors coming into the fold, like, you know, with the Olympics coming in, like, I mean, I don't see breaking stopping anytime soon. So there's nothing that I could do to make it stop. You know? <laughs> I, mean, I'm, I wouldn't want to make it stop. I've been trying to get to this point where, right. you know, it's going to do what it's going to do, you know? So, um, you know, I feel, I feel like all the work that we've done in the last 24 years has got it to this point and now, and now it's cool. So, That's right. You know? Yeah. So hopefully, yeah, I mean, no matter what you decide to do, I think you, you have already like done so much. So mm-hmm. thank you, man. Well, thank you. And thank you for being a part of this on, on the show yeah. real quick. Let's uh, just shout out the socials. So you can follow cross on Instagram. I am cross one, yeah. right? O-N-E. That's O N E. Yeah. Not with the one. Cause I remember something happened. With the yeah. yeah. Um, I lost my account. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then wh- where can people go to best follow your, your channels, whether it's UDEF or freestyle session. Or uh, buy tickets? I, well, well, I think, uh, Oh, ticket. Like, well, you can go to freestyle session.com and that's where I have like my clothing. I have armory, armory survival gear, I have freestyle session stuff. Um, I have other people's stuff on there and then, also, the event info is on there, too. So, mm-hmm. you can just link to the ticket site. Perfect. Yeah, everything's there. Perfect. Yeah, and it's, All right. FSS Worldwide is the uh, social media for or IG for Freestyle Session. I wish I could get Freestyle Session, at Freestyle Session. <laughs> some, like, some, like, dance uh, event in, like, Africa or something. Really? Took it. Yeah, and what? I could never get it back. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> they beat Damn, me to it. <laughs> oh, okay, well, we're going to have to have a talk with that once you get verified. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but all right, you know, this, I hope everyone listening and watching has, I mean, I, I gained so much from this conversation. I'm sure you guys did as well. Cross was able to provide so much knowledge and experience on building his platform and creating something for not just the community, but also something that can help push 
the culture and everybody forward, hopefully successfully financially. So yeah, take care of yourself and then you can take care of everybody else. Basically. That's there you go. I love that's, it. That's the, that's the end, end goal. I love it. No, that's, that's amazing. So yeah. thank you so much, Rod. And good luck, everybody. Continue to share your greatest movement and I'll see you soon. Yo. Once again, my friends, my name is Kai, your host for the Movement Media Mentor Podcast. And if you really enjoyed this episode, if it brought you a lot of value and you want more, take a look and subscribe or follow our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wherever you're listening or watching this. And if you really liked it, go ahead and leave a five-star review. It really helps us boost the channel, gives us more opportunities, which gives you more opportunities because we're always just trying to feed this creative community with this platform. And as a gift for staying until the end of this episode, if you are feeling serious about taking your creative potential to the next level, if you want to tell stories, you want to tell your greatest stories, if you have a story that you feel needs to be told or want to just maximize your creative potential, I invite you to join the Movement Media Mentorship. And in this mentorship, this is a full program that is completely pre-recorded and also live sessions. It's a lifetime membership. And it is where I share with you my seven plus years of filmmaking, of creating, of building a 100,000 plus following on social media and being able to work with brands such as Tag Warrior and Ape and a bunch of other crazy brands I never thought I'd dream of working with. It is everything I wish I had when I was first starting out or was in my first years. And now I'm bundling it all into this single mentorship where you will have live access to me, including a library of videos that will take you from zero to being able to create fully loaded concepts, music, project videos. So if that sounds interesting to you, then as a gift, once again, you guys are getting a $25 off coupon code MMM podcast. If you go to movementmediamentor.com and you put MMM podcast into the discount code, you'll have $25 off of the full-time lifetime membership. I would love to have you as a part of it. And I'd love for you to join our roster of 20 plus amazing students who are just killing it in their own way. And they will be able to help you as well. So please join us. It would be awesome to have you. And I would love to help you unlock your greatest movements. Thank you. And I'll see you in the next episode.